Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Welcome to our Big Ocean Women November 2023 podcast. We are focusing on our leadership training tenet tonight. We believe in the model of powerful impact. Our power originates from God. Hello, I'm Margot Watson. I'm Big Ocean Women, a director of marketing and fundraising. And I feel that this tenet, our belief in individuals' power, is seen through the charitable giving of donations. Donations are so powerful in helping to solve many, many things that are not right in our society and in our, in our world. Many of our earliest charities were founded, as you, I'm sure, realize, by religious groups and by nobility, by people who are wealthy, who were heeding God's call to help the neediest members of society. And this was normally the poor, especially orphans and widows and those that were sick or disabled. And the help was provided sometimes in the form of shelter, sometimes food, clothing, money, caring for the sick. In the Chinese classical culture, the virtue of benevolence was exalted. And, and you were a good person if you did choose to include charity in your, your daily routine and, and remembering the higher power. In Hindu scriptures, they call it an imperative duty. Of course, Jesus Christ reminds us in Corinthians that charity never faileth. So charity, being charitable, is critical to our, our well-being, our soul, who we are as people and, and being a part of the human race. Well, I have people who totally get charity. <laughs> they understand it and, and give nonstop in so many ways to their, their families, their communities, their state, the world. And so I want to acknowledge a few of them tonight, and we'll hear from them. Our goal in this month of being gratitude to God for all we have, and also that this month in, encapsulates uh, on November 28th, Giving Tuesday, when everybody around the world gives, we at Big Ocean Women want to thank those who have helped us and donated to the miracles we've seen, but also want you to go to our website at bigoceanwomen.org to see those miracles. But we also want to let you know by talking to these individuals how great it is to give and to donate and why you should and, and how you should so that you can have a positive experience. So the first guest is a prime example of charity through all kinds of monetary donations and stuff. Her name is Kathy Horman. I'm just going to read a couple things. Her bio tends to go on and on. <laughs> she just doesn't stop, okay? So she is married to Charles Horman, who also is very generous. She has a BA in music with an emphasis in piano performance. I didn't know that, Kathy, you're a piano major. She has been the president or on the board, or she's what a board member of all these organizations, the Pioneer Theater Guild, Utah Shakespeare Festival, Utah Symphony Guild, Rocky Mountain Morgan Horse Club, Yahoo for Horses. I love them. The Utah Symphony Board, the Ballet West, Utah of Utah, University of Utah School of Music, Utah Regional Ballet, Young audiences. I could go on and on and on, but we don't have enough time tonight. She has been given awards by the University of Utah for Hands and Heart 
two times in a row, Woman of the Year in 2000 President's Award in the Pioneer Theater Guild, Hall of Fame for the Salt Lake League of Women, Certificate of Recognition for Service and Volunteerism. This woman knows what she's talking about when she's discussing charity and that doesn't fail. And so, Kathy, thank you for your example to me and so many of us. Why? Tell me your big why. Why? How did you start giving and why? Yeah, I was thinking that you might ask me that. And I was thinking, when did I actually start? I was nine years old. No way. And we had a little boy in the neighborhood who had cerebral palsy. And my best friend was 10. And we decided we'd give it a little craft show. And so we collected birds' nests and rocks and whatever we, you know, sticks, anything we could find. And we put hand-printed invitations in everybody's mailbox. And we had about 50 neighbors show up, and we earned $13. We thought we were just fabulous. And we'd invited, my mother had called the cerebral palsy lady who showed up at our little gala thing. And she proudly accepted us $13. (laughs) And I was just hooked. I thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever done. And my mother was really into, into philanthropy and being kind to people. And I just grew up thinking that's what you did. And so when my children got to the age where I felt like I could do these things, I did. And I got involved in the thing I loved, which was music. So I've been very involved with the School of Music. Blue's Chuck's Art, we've been able to give scholarships to kids. The thing I just barely founded at the School of Music is I wanted to give some priority to some of the kids who had to work two jobs to even be in school and were struggling and maybe they were seniors and just couldn't afford that last quarter. And I said, let's start a little foundation or something to give these kids that last little push to finish their degree. Yeah. So that was kind of fun for me. (laughs) I says right now. And you can tell that because of that little shove, that little push, it's a little bit part of your legacy, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. So why do, why do you do it? I mean, besides the legacy thing, what do you get out of it as you donate to so many? Well, I have MS and, and I struggle with it, but I'm doing great. And I, I can give what I can while I still can. And so it's been a real joy to me to see the kids come back who've become famous singers who are on Broadway, who help others. Right now, I'm kind of involved with an organization called Choice. The girl who works for me is one of the officials. And so I've helped support that. And that's, you know, supporting people all over the world who need help, basically in Asian countries, Africa. And so I just love doing it. It's what it boils down to. You know, I came to you, well, because we've been friends and you've always loved the arts and I love that about you. And you've always welcomed me into your home so warmly, always supported me and my efforts, come to shows I've been in and stuff. And I was telling you about my new venture being with Big Ocean Women because I too respect so much what they do. They're, they don't just talk, they actually walk the walk. And I said to you, we're going to be going to the CSW at the UN, it's, which is the Commission on the Status of Women. We were going back as an organization, Big Ocean Women, because we believe in faith, God, and motherhood. And the UN doesn't believe in that anymore. 
no family, no reference to God, no um, identity, had the importance of father in the family, none of that. So Big Ocean Women has been invited back, though, because our platform is encompassing of the support of women and, uh, of course, which is all about the UN, but also children and also the whole family structure. And because we don't take them on per se, we offer another option to women that are there and empowerment. Uh, we are allowed to go and make presentations. So I came to you and I, I told you that and immediately without hesitation, you donated. So I wanted to thank you because that enabled me to be able to go. So thank you so much. It was important. And when we went there to the, to the UN, women came to our thing and they, when, when everything is negating the importance of women and their divine nature, and we're able to go there as big ocean women and say, no, you need God, having God in your life is important. Having children in your life is essential. It's part of your divine makeup. And you can be empowered to make a difference in your home and your community by believing in yourself. They were crying. They couldn't believe that we had this whole uh, framework, these tenets and the things that we could train them to recognize their divine nature and their power, their inner power to make a difference in the lives of people um, in their community and particularly in their home. So they were thrilled. And so I credit you for supporting me. Happy I could. And and so then, Dennis, uh, let's go to you. I know that you are dealt a lot with technology. Tell us a little bit how you've been involved with Big Ocean Women through that. Well, first of all, I must mention with the background of the others, I did play the trombone in junior home. And just, <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> well, I, I am honored to be here. And we, we do deal with nuts and bolts. And sometimes we miss more important objectives that you have stated today, where you where you're driven by a higher power, a greater purpose. Well, I, I see this every day we work. When you go to the office and people come in and you have a chance to serve them or to help them. And today was a good example. We had Silas came in, a Tongan, who has family and friends in Tonga. And he buys desktops and laptops and sends them to Tonga to help them do genealogy work and be connected on the internet. And a lot of this is funded by himself. He finds the funds in his own family and takes that and wide the laptops, puts them into a, a barrel and ships them out of Tonga. Today he bought 10 desktops. They're not very expensive, but still it adds up. And when he left, he was just as happy as he could be. And we we have a couple other donors who help supply some of the expenses to cover some of the expenses. And so he said, look, Sinus, you, you just take these laptops and we'll have some of the grants cover the cost. And he was so grateful just to see the gratitude in his face makes the donation worthwhile. And after he left, Amber came by, a homeless lady, and she had her comfort dog with her. And so she, she picked up a, a small Chromebook and uh, left, and she'll get into her van and drive around, look for a hotspot to connect to the web. When she left, another person came, Allie, working for Catholic Community Services. He picked up some laptops for refugees who are arriving today. And then Anne came from her organization and picked up three more laptops for 
Guatemala and Uganda. Wow. I remember someplace else. But when you, when you meet these people who come in with different objectives, some are providing for others and some are picking them up, and you see the, uh, the spark of hope and happiness in their lives, it just makes you want to do it again, makes you want to come back to the office again. And so I'm grateful for this idea that it, with each person is this spark of divinity. If we can see that and help them uh, feel better when they leave, with a little more confidence, it makes this effort well worthwhile. I know we have a duty. That's true. We all have a duty to, to help one another. But there's more to it than just a duty. There's the feeling that comes from our service to somebody else. And speaking of service, I didn't get to go over your resume. You're a pretty impressive young man. He's a co-founder of Applied Technology Foundation, which is a nonprofit doing business as tech charities former managing director of LDS Welfare and Humanitarian Service of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, president of LDS Charities, former secretary to LDS president, presiding Bishop Rick, PhD in economics. Oh my goodness, young man. And what you've done is taken all these incredible skills that you have. And played you, the trombone in junior high. And played the trombone. And then you, you've applied those technologies to helping others realize their potential, particularly in technology, which is so important. Go ahead, Anne. I just wanted to say that uh, this last year when we went to the Commission on the Status of Women that Margot talked about, we were able to, we didn't carry them, we shipped them there because they're very heavy. <laughs> we shipped 60 of the Chromebooks, which we purchased from you. And as women came to our presentation, we were able to send these Chromebooks back with them to their countries. And they were, some of them in tears. They were so grateful. And we would not have been able to do that if, you know, number one, you provided them at such a reasonable cost. And number two, that we had a donor that was able to give us the money to buy 100 of your Chromebooks. So thank you very much. There's a lot of people to make uh, the system work. And yes. Very important contribution. So thanks to the donors who make it possible both for us, for both the money and for the computers they donate. Yeah. So like a supply chain, isn't it? Supply <laughs> chain. It's a big supply chain. And, and the nice thing that connects us all together, as our tenant mentioned, is that it's through that power that it originates in God, in our higher being. Yeah. He connects us together in our souls. And it's almost like we know somebody needs us. I need to reach out and help them just like Kathy, I, somebody needs me. I'm going to help them. Yeah, there's, a, there's a need. I'm going to fill it. Rather than just sitting back, back and waiting, you guys all step forward. Speaking of Larita, <laughs> you're a wife of an entrepreneur, mother of six sons, graduated 22 years ago from the San Francisco Conservatory of Music with a Bachelor's of Music in Cello Performance. We all need to get it together with cello. I'm a soloist. We got Kathy on the piano and donating in other capacities of trombone. We've got our own little orchestra going here. <laughs> anyway, she uh, has a private studio performed as a principal cellist with the Utah Valley Symphony, but all that changed when she started talking to a, a, found, a fabulous lady named Becky Rogers about Africa and humanitarian work, and that's the Families Mentoring Families organization. Larita has been to Ghana nine times now since, and as of, as of 2023, each time taking some family members with her. She has a master's of social work now. She's um, credentialed as a CSW 
and works in a clinical setting as a counselor therapist to help clients embrace their strengths and work through other trauma and difficult life experiences. She's amazing. And particularly, there's been a lot of trauma in Africa. And so I'm sure your hands-on skills have been so utilized in bringing comfort and some, some guidance to the people that go through all the horrific murdering of their husbands and, I don't know, the horrible things that are happening to children over there. Yeah, there's so much generational trauma there. It's it's fascinating to see how it unfolds just in daily life amongst uh, on the streets, you know, as people are just talking with each other or or within families and yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a completely different type of interaction and culture that that is there versus other places of the world. But but to go back to like the original questions of why 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 am I interested in giving and humanitarian work? And in as I've reflected on this, because other people have asked the same question too. And I've reflected and I've come to realize that I come from a long line of humanitarians. My you know, oral history and written history with my grandparents on both sides, you know, of stories. You know, I have a a grandmother that in in Reno, Nevada, during the 20s and 30s, the hobos would come knock on her back door because they would tell each other, this is a nice lady. If you chop some wood for her, she'll give you a sandwich and some soup. And my my parents, my mother and, and her husband, my father, they did the same thing. He They would always bring in black sheep to help get them on their feet and send them send them off to you know send them off rejoicing was was the phrase that that was used you know my father's my father's parents and in Idaho there's many stories of them helping take in people to help them you know in in the 40s and 50s and helping them get them on their feet so it, this is something that's been on both sides of my family and, you know, seeing and growing up with it is this is a natural part of our family, our family mode. This is what we do. We help, we help where we can help when we can help with what we can help with. <laughs> so I know some people, some people are able to give large donations. Some give small, some just give monthly and some just give like frequent flyer miles. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to donate, correct? Yes. Kathy, Kathy, do you have any comment about that and ways that you've donated besides any other donation forms that you've used? I've given a lot of time. <laughs> and when I developed MS, I could no longer play my violin. I was also a violinist. And so I donated it to a, a, a student who didn't have one. and she. It's been so thrilled, and as I watched it progress, there are definitely ways you can help. So maybe it's just a pat on the back or a hug. <laughs> yes, and and Takasaki came to Big Ocean Women way before me, clear back in 2011 or something, when the organization was just getting off the ground. We started in 2014 is when Carol got that just burning burning desire to make a difference. And we we actually registered ourselves officially in 2015 as a 501c3 nonprofit. 
organization. Yes. But I, I, I knew the founder, Carolina. I knew her mother well. And we served together on the Young Women General Board. And when Vilma came to me and said, my daughter has uh, an organization she wants to start. Will you please come to her kickoff meeting? And so I went to that kickoff meeting and I was so impressed with what she wanted to do. But I thought, maybe you should change the name because Big Ocean Women is kind of an unusual name for an organization. You know, I, I didn't know what. I didn't have any better suggestions, but I, I, I question that that name should be there. But it, it reflects the idea that women who have faith and love motherhood and love families are the majority. We're the big ocean. It's a very small minority of women and men around the world who feel otherwise. The, the main body of human beings on this earth are so grateful to be tied to each other through family. And so I think that the name is very appropriate. But at the very beginning of the organization, we we had very little funding. And you're right, you know, I kind of I I at that point I was more brave than I am now. But <laughs> I <laughs> I reached out to my family and my friends and I you know, I says, we just really need money to get this thing off the ground and so that it won't fail because it's really important. The work that can be done through Big Ocean Women is very important. Can you help? And at that time, you know, they they really did come through. Some of the earliest donation and funding was, was just done through people that, that, that I could contact and, and ask for money. So my husband, my mother... <laughs> My brothers, you know, but so that was important at that time that uh, someone believed in big ocean women uh, enough to get it started. And from that time forward, uh, the 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 more we do, the more people can see that we really are a vehicle in God's hand, and that they're willing, like Glorita. Lorita, you're so very generous to us. Her monthly donation is something else. And so thank you very much. Yeah, she belongs to an organization, but she donates to us. <laughs> right, exactly. It just impresses me so much. But uh, people have been very kind and supportive, and, and it's because they like what we do. Big Ocean Women's mission is to gather and train women, organize in chapters called WAVES. Right where we are empowered by our tenants to be forces for good in our homes, community, and the world. We call our movement maternal feminism, which just means we celebrate being a woman. We celebrate our gifts of being able to have children. We celebrate our gifts of being divine and being able to get a lot accomplished in a short period of time. And we right. still remind women of that. So we're not a humanitarian aid organization per se. And that we need to make that distinction. We're a leadership training organization. So we train women to lead by helping them understand their innate female gifts and talents. And once they, they understand that, then they're empowered. And the other amazing thing that happens is when women gather together, these like-minded women gather together in groups, it's a magical catalyst for, for, for change and, and accomplishment. 
it's it's been very rewarding to see this model take place and and especially with the model of powerful impact knowing that that they tap into God first. That's our first tenet. We're women of faith. We believe in God. Once they tap into those powers and, and they're taught, you know, spiritually and intellectually who they are, then they can do great things. But a lot of times, especially in third world countries, their ideas and their budget don't match. And that's how, that's where our donors come in. We rely on our donors to fund their projects. And, you know, we don't take any money ourselves. We're just all, we're just doing this in our their time. But, but when, when we can send a few dollars over to South Sudan so that they can put locks on their doors so that the boys don't go in there and pull out their teenage girls and gang rape them, or a few dollars to Liberia so that they can make a latrine that's closer to their homes so that the children are not raped on the way to the latrine, or a few dollars for a group of teenage mothers, teen mothers who need a career. They need to find a way to support themselves and become self-reliant. So we give them, we pay for their training course and, and, and the little tools that need they need to become, you know, a breadwinner. Mm-hmm. And some things that we do don't, Cost any money. For example, a conversation in Africa. Why do the men hit the women? You know, this is a conversation that this doesn't come, come up. People don't want to talk about it, but our waves empowered by understanding who they are felt like they could invite the men to a conference and say to them, why do you hit us? They said, because our fathers hit our mothers. And they said, well, do you want your daughters to be hit? And they said, of course not. Well, let's stop it. Let's stop this culture now. So that didn't cost any money. We, we honor the, the relationships that we have with men. And we, we seek for these interdependent relationships. And, you know, as they studied that tenet, they thought to themselves, let's say something to our husbands and ask them, why do we suffer this abuse from you? If, if you, if you love us and want to support us in other ways. So I, I'm really thrilled with the, the work that we're doing in devotional women and so very grateful to donors and, and suppliers like Dennis, who, who make it possible for us to give our wave members you know, something that they can afford. So thank you. Thank you very much. I, I don't know if you all knew that, that the United States is the largest, the country that gives the most donations of any country in the world. And, and that out of like 10 people, if you narrowed it down, seven out of every 10 donate in some capacity. So there's so many ways, right, Larita? What ways do you know that donations are given? Monetary donations? Um, what, what, what ways do you know besides monetary? Oh, goodness. Well... So when people think donation, the immediate thought is cash, right? Card, cash, check. Yeah. But, but there's so many other types of donations. There's the in-kind of donations, which is what Dennis is doing with the, with the laptops. There's, for our organization, we, we receive book donations because our focus is literacy, because we believe that when a woman, a woman is empowered and knows how to read, then that changes 
her life and her family's trajectory of of what's going to become of them. You know, literacy opens up a world of possibilities. So receiving donations for what an organization is needing, not just cash. Cash is always appreciated, but for what specifically an organization needs, not just what you think that they need, but ask, what do you need? That's that's one of the greatest things that that we have learned over, you know, the past few the past few years as we've been running our own organization, you know, receiving, you know, some donations that say like, we don't we don't we're not taking this over. It takes a valuable space and the people over there don't need that. Other ways that people can donate besides the money and the monetary is time. You like, know, time. Is there is there something that you can do to help the organization with donating an hour or two a week or more if you are able? So that's definitely a biggie for a lot of organizations is volunteers just to help man all the different jobs that need to get done. Or woman. Woman the jobs. Man the jobs. <laughs> Fill the jobs. Fill the jobs that need to get done. So there's a time. You mentioned earlier, you know, donating frequent flyer miles. You know, those those are definitely also needed for lots of different organizations, depending on what their need is, if that's something that they really need. So my my biggest thing as I've been working in the nonprofit field and doing other various emergency type things is asking an organization directly, what are your needs? Don't just assume that whatever you want to give them is exactly what they're wanting. So ask what the needs are. It's a good suggestion. Well, our time is unfortunately almost closed up. I know, again, this month is November. I am so grateful to my, my Heavenly Father for all the blessings he gives me of health, safety, security, food on my table, opportunities, a country where I have so many religious liberties and others. When you look at other countries around the world that don't have those, I have so much to give and I'm, I'm grateful and I need to pay that forward because there's a lot of people that came before me who sacrificed so I could have what I have. My early ancestors were the pioneers that came across the plains and I've got their stories in my book and I read them and how much they starved and how much they ate leather, a soup made out of leather hide that they would drink, a hot broth, a little bit of flour. And yet they came forward because God asked them to. And I think God asked of us that we pay it forward. And by paying it forward, it, it gives us endorphins. It makes us feel good. And it makes us realize that there's more in life than just materialism and me. And I think that if all of us that are listening today will follow the examples of these great people that are with us, that we'll all feel better. Well, it will change our psyche and we'll, it, it, it just puts out really good ions of good energy and hope. And, and helps us know that other people will have hope and be able to build their lives towards a good end as well. Yeah. Dennis, I'm sorry. Do you have anything you want to say? No, I agree. I'm just going to comment on Loretta's um, <clears throat> suggestion about asking. I think one of the fears that people have in donating their time is they don't feel like they're qualified. And in fact, the one-on-one -on -one is very simple. Just to listen, just to help. Most people are grateful for any attention they may receive. So I'm just saying that 
The volunteer doesn't take the money, doesn't take the things. Sometimes it's just your time and your your interest in that person. Kathy, would you like to make any comments? Yes. I'm so admiring of the four of you. Truly, I am. Um, I belong to so many organizations where the, the worker bees total like three people. The whole guild of 120 women, and they come in their pretty dresses and their jewelry. But the real workers you know, are few, and I would like to see more people get involved. Yeah. And I think I like to comment that just ask what you need. Thank you. And anything else you want to mention? No, i just just really grateful to be with all of you tonight, to interact with, with Dennis and Marita. I know your hearts, but I'm so grateful to have met you, Kathy, and, and to see your beautiful heart and that you're, you don't let a, a health limitation stop you in any way. You just He's an inspiration. And do all that you can do. And I just... I'm so grateful for your example. Thanks. And thanks, Marco, for helping us and Big Ocean Women. Um, we really, really do want to put our best foot forward so that people understand and, and can feel uh, what we want to accomplish. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you all. So for those that are listening, if you have any questions, please make sure you visit our website, bigoceanwomen.org. Um, also, if you want to join a wave or create a wave in your various countries or cities, wherever you are, we have waves throughout the world. So from Houston, London, all over Africa, down in St. George, I, we have them all over the place. Women who get together, they strategize, they find a need, and they feel it. And if they can't feel it there locally, which is the smartest way to do because they know their local problems better than anybody. I wish the government would learn that. <laughs> but anyway. They solve the problems locally. And if they have hitches or things that are in the way, they contact us and we help them. And we can go to work and try to raise some money or the resources to make them make their dreams come true and solve whatever issues there are. And that is so rewarding. It just, it combats depression when you see that you could help somebody else. It combats self, self-absorption. It just makes you a better person when you can help somebody else realize their dreams. So thank you all for your contributions tonight. And I hope you enjoy this wonderful month of giving and make sure everybody checks in and donates to their favorite organization, especially Big Ocean Women, on November 28th, Giving Tuesday. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post. Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.